Delaware State of the Arts. I'm Andy Truscott. My guests today are Lauren Foraker and Caitlin Kuhn from Pursuit for Peace. Pursuit for Peace is a woman-owned, multi-state nonprofit bringing joy to those who need it most, particularly to children facing devastating trauma due to severe medical conditions and other circumstances. Through positive psychology and creative therapeutic engagement, their trauma-informed nonprofit infuses compelling happiness through character ambassadors into clinical facilities and settings, in addition to special community events, alleviating the burdens that no child should know. Caitlin and Lauren, welcome. And as we kick off here, can you tell me just a little bit about how Pursuit for Peace came to be and where you find kind of your most success right now as you uh, engage with the general public? Sure. So I am the founder uh, of Pursuit for Peace. So we started in 2017 um, as a ministry out of a church in Dover. And then we grew so big that in 2018, we became our own nonprofit entity. Mm -hmm. Um, And so after that, we've just kind of grown and grown and grown. Um, COVID came about and kind of shut down what we do. (laughs) So we were just kind of like, are we done? Do we hang up the dresses or we, you know, continue on? And honestly, we grew, I think, more during COVID than we have in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, We almost doubled in size uh, by volunteer numbers. And then we actually ended up getting our own building in 2022. And now we have two other chapters that are in DC and New England. Talk to us a little bit about what the program does. So they definitely support the work that we do with the um, medically vulnerable children in our community. And honestly, that is why we exist. I know we talked about how COVID kind of changed some things. So we um, kind of switched gears. We couldn't get into facilities. Um, So we did a few home visits for medically vulnerable children. But then we started focusing on community aspect as well. And honestly, I feel like the support from the community is there just as much as it is for the medically vulnerable Um, Honestly, who doesn't love seeing characters and who doesn't love just having a little bit of joy brought to them (laughs) from these amazing people that you, you know, see in all these movies and everything. And it's just a highlight for them. And it's just such a joyful moment. How do you find yourselves collaborating with these facilities and the other settings that you bring the programs in? And do you find that there are any unique challenges or considerations you have to kind of take into uh, effect in these partnerships? I would say definitely. So we actually have an event coordinator that handles all of the coordination with these different facilities. As you can imagine, some kids have very unique situations. I I know for a fact, we've been to Exceptional Care for Children, which is actually a terminally ill facility. So it's, it's so sad, but it's so rewarding going there. But a lot of them have feeding tubes and different things like that. I remember the first time we were there, we we brought like crowns and and lays and everything else for them. And we were kind of like, like we got to, you know, work around it so that everybody was safe, you know, but that they could still enjoy and partake in what we were doing. So there are things like that, that we have to be careful of. I want to be mindful not to call these right, like princesses, because they're not, they're character ambassadors. And there are so many, there's so much more than right, just a princess. And, and I think that cheapens the impact that not only being a, a female led and female run organization, but also, you know, all of your ambassadors are females. And so being able to put forward this strong exterior in order to really 
you know, bolster the the emotions and the feelings behind what's out there in the community. You know, how do you find individuals that really uh, exemplify what it is that Pursuit for Peace looks for? I think it's just we have a really great group of like minded women that come from very unique backgrounds. So we have a lot of diversity. We have a lot of ethnicity. We have a lot of careers. I mean, some people are teachers and they work with kids all the time. And then some people we've had that are lawyers, we, real estate agents, um, a- anywhere on the spectrum of you know any type of career, we have them all. And so I think what makes us unique is, yes, we're all women in that aspect. And so we can relate to that. But we all just bring something to the table that's different from one another that we can pull from and use in our experiences with these children. Looking ahead, what are some of your future goals and aspirations for the organization? And are there any new initiatives or expansion plans that you guys have on the horizon? Absolutely, Andy. Well, we're always very conscientious about our our awareness and our expansion. Um, right now, like Caitlin mentioned, we're we're in three different states now. We're we're in Delaware. We're also in New England and Washington D.C. So we we have a big vision and a big calling that I think we as as a band of women and uh, warrior princesses have come together to really. Um, see a mission and vision through with reaching the four corners and the far corners of our, our our states as well as our nation to reach the most medically vulnerable children because it is it is a life-changing experience when you're able to through this character ambassadorship spend time infusing joy into the lives of these terminally ill children um, there's nothing that that gets better than that. You've you've you have reached your your uh, your the pinnacle of your gift um, just to be able to minister to these children in need. And this goes beyond that of the children too. You're ministering to their families. You're ministering to their caregivers and and the friends that that really have seen them through their pain. So it's it's a privilege to be able to to do the same and. Um, one child, just one child in pain and suffering is, is more than enough cause for us to act. And that's, that's exactly what, what our passion is, what our goal is. And the, the more children we can reach, the better. Can you share uh, some success stories or personally heartwarming moments that demonstrate the impact Pursuit for Peace has had on the lives of the children that you work with? Sure. Um, I We actually just spoke about this today. It's a story that always comes to mind when people ask me this. Yeah. Um, so we were up at Nemours Hospital visiting a child there. It was like a personal request. So we took a team of characters there and um, went in her room and, you know, were able to sing and dance and just have fun with her. And the nurses came down. So this was pre-COVID. So, you know, you could pretty much do whatever in the hospital. <laughs> and the <laughs> nurses came down and they were like, hey, can you come up to oncology? Because we have a little girl up there mm-hmm. and she loves princesses. So we were like, of course. So I think there was about six of us. And we all went up there and we're like chucking through the, the hallway. And they told us her name was Emily. So we round the corner and we see Emily walking with her mom. She has her little pole of medication and, you know, everything that was hooked up to it. No hair. And she lights up and she's like, you know, freaking out. And I always say, I think we were more excited than she was. Oh, but you yeah. know. <laughs> So um, we go up and we're like, hi, Emily. And we're talking to her and 
And so in, in the conversation, her mom goes, Hey, Emily, why don't you tell them what we say when it's time for you to take your chemo? And Emily says, I say that I have to be brave like Moana. And so we had um, a character there who we call our Island princess who resembles that character. And um, our character spoke up and said, well, you know what, Emily, I hope that someday I could be brave like you. And so that, like whole scenario. And of course we're all like, you know, trying not to cry, but that scenario, <laughs> that was, a, that was a hard one. Literally embodies what this organization is about. Oh my gosh. Um, one of, I have to say there, there are so many memories, Andy, um, over the years, but one that, that really sticks out to me was, um, at one of our most recent events. Um, it was a privately held event at our castle, our headquarters, as we, as we call it, um, in the state of Delaware. And we, we hosted a tree of life memory garden ceremony for all of the families that have lost their their children and that have now become angels as a part of our royalty network membership and it was an opportunity where we were able to host the families privately at our centers because here's something that we realized was that we as we minister to these children and their families and caregivers when they pass we aren't able to experience a closure, um, a step towards a collective and unified healing. And we knew that we needed to offer that that safe space and that space of peace for our volunteers, for the families that have lost their children and for their caregivers as well. So we, we came together and we established the Tree of Life Memory Garden Ceremony. We planted a beautiful cherry tree on our, on our uh, rented property in Camden, Wyoming. And we had a beautiful memorial stone donated by, by a wonderful local business. And, and that's another thing too, is that by, by us joining hands and joining forces together, we're also pulling in uh, dynamic uh, donors and, and fellow organizations in the community that have caught our vision to serve these children and, and their families, you know, in life and beyond that, that, that is our purpose is, is to, is to minister to them and seeing the change in them during this event, particularly their siblings, the children that have lost their siblings. That is a pain that is just profound and, and cuts so deep. And there was one child in particular that came in and you could see the ache in her that she missed her sister. It was devastating. And when she walked through the doors, you could feel that pain. But as soon as she saw our fairy, our fairy princess, she began to heal. She began to, to see a joy that, and experience a joy that she hadn't experienced in a long time. And that resonated to her family members, to her parents and, and her other siblings. And they were able to heal along with us. And that, that's a moment that, that I will never forget when the, those walls of pain come down and that, that healing takes place, it, it, it really resonated with each one of us. 
shifting gears a little bit, could you discuss the geographic scope of Pursuit for Peace's activities and how have you found managing operations across multiple states, including Delaware, D.C., and New England? So thankfully, I have an amazing team, a leadership team of all women that support me behind the scenes. Um, So yes, I'm president, but I also have a vice president and a secretary and a treasurer. And I also have (laughs) chapter presidents and I also have a board committee. So, you know, it's not, I mean, I couldn't do what I do without this whole team that I have. And so they really, they really get it done. Um, DC focuses on the DMV area, Delaware, I mean, sorry, DC, Maryland, Virginia, obviously we're the whole state of Delaware and then New England. That's a big task. Um, We're getting it up and running, but I have volunteers from New Hampshire, but I also have them from Massachusetts. So, you know, it's that whole area up there. Um, And then, you know, we'll even go as far as we've gone to Florida to do a home visit for a little little girl with cancer. We've gone to Philly for St. Jude. So honestly, we say we are focused on these areas, but we'll honestly go wherever we're needed. Absolutely. 100%. I can imagine fundraising, right, is an important aspect of uh, Pursuit for (laughs) Peace's sustainability. How do you secure funding to support these programs and ensure, you know, business continuation of for this mission? Well, like Lauren said, we do have a lot of support from local businesses in the community. And honestly, we could not do what we do without them. I mean, they literally keep this going. Yes, there are grants out there, but you know, they're few and far between. Literally, our donors and sponsors keep this going. Um, we do have our yearly fundraising gala, and that's a huge thing for us. And that really puts us on the map for the year after. Um, and that supports pretty much our whole year. Um, and then we 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 were um able to get a grant from DCF. Um, in 2022. And that helped us to get our building. So we definitely want to shout them out. But um, it honestly honestly takes a village to keep it going. And we're we're thankful. You guys obviously actively involved in serving the community in Delaware. Can you share a little bit how you feel like the organization contributes to not only kind of the healthcare and the youth landscape of Delaware, um, but the cultural landscape of Delaware at the same time? Our servanthood is very unique, Andy, as it is therapeutic artistry. So we, through our our gifts and our collective talents together as women, we're able to flex our gifts and maneuver it from healthcare right into community events. That's what makes us very unique is that we're, we're very in tune, um, not only to to ministering to trauma, but also ministering to to children that that might not have the same uh, obstacles or challenges as other children might, um, as well as their families, they might be facing other other challenges in their lives, and and obviously everyone faces different things that they that we know nothing about. So it's it's really a privilege to be able to to flex between between both environments and allows us the opportunity to really expand our 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 awareness of our mission our vision our values to the community and and be be put in in different environments where we we wouldn't have been otherwise so it's it's been a unique uh, transition from healthcare into more of that community event aspect 
and we're we're loving life with it. We're we're thrilled <laughs> to be able to do both and and welcome any and all opportunities. And if I could add to that, I think yeah. it's unique too. It's it's not and let me just it's not just medical vulnerabilities. It's honestly any type of vulnerability because mm-hmm. we have um done plenty of events for you know children that haven't been in a hospital but they're in foster care right. you know or aren't sick themselves but have a sibling that is sick or yes. or a parent that's sick so mm-hmm. any type of vulnerability and you think in your own life like there are different types of vulnerabilities that we even face so yes you know that's why i think the community events really hit home as well because like Lauren said, when you see that character, it just brings about that joy that maybe you haven't experienced, you know, in a, in a long time because of a, a vulnerability in your life. So mm-hmm. I think it's, um, we can all relate kind of on that level. And that's where we pull from and, and you know, shoot to um, just affect in that area. Can you talk a little bit about how the community can get involved with Pursuit for Peace, both in joining you as either a volunteer or a character? how they can donate, how they can maybe attend an event. Yes. So all of the information that I'll share can be found at our website, Mm pursuitforpeace.org. But if um, anyone is uh, interested in becoming a volunteer in any capacity, let me just say this. Lauren said that we all use our gifts and it's so true. Not everybody wants to dress up like a character and entertain kids. And I get that. And that's not for everybody, (laughs) but there are people behind the scenes that do admin work. There are people, you know, that do social media. There are people, you know, like Lauren that deals with media and getting us out there. So whatever your gift is, we want to put it on display because that's what makes us unique. We all bring something to the table. So if there's anybody that's interested in just helping out children, you know, bringing joy to others, we would love to have them on our team and they can fill out a volunteer application on our website. And we have them for each specific um, chapter. And also um, being a part of our, we have an event coming up in August. It's called The Princess Production. And we're going to be putting on a show for the community, a big, huge musical, our first stage show as um, a fundraiser for our organization. And then of course, our yes. And then of course, our big, you know, um, yearly fundraising gala that's coming up September 30th. That's one of the most important things that you can do if you'd like to financially support us. Can you tell us for each of you, what does success look like for you as it relates to Pursuit for Peace or even your own involvement with the organization? I think for me, it's just, I don't want to say like numbers, you know, but seeing that we have impacted over 4,000 children and their families tells me that we're doing something right. Um, being a support for one another, being an uplifting example for one another, having a women of uh, a group of uh, 30 plus women that can coexist, I think is actually a success (laughs) in my book. Yes, very much so. (laughs) Um, There are a lot of aspects to it, but I think mostly um, seeing the numbers grow that, you know, Mm -hmm. since 2017, we've been able to impact over 4,000 children and families. So that speaks volumes to me. You know, if we weren't growing in numbers, I would be concerned. In fact, it's increasing rapidly. So we're so thankful for that. So um, I think that's how I would measure it. Like if we're not serving these children in the community, then we're not winning. 100%. Caitlin, I, I, I could not agree more with you. That That is exactly my perspective in how we measure our success in, in this organization. And it is so paramount and, and prevalent in the organization that we lead ourselves well so we can lead others well. 
um, leadership does not does not happen automatically with other people. It has to come from within and has to to be focused on that personal growth journey. And I know all of us as a as a collection of 30 plus women that are coexisting together very, <laughs> very well are are striving to keep that personal growth and servanthood, the focus of who they are personally and how then that just translates into how they serve these children. And it, it is it is a profound work that is is measured in the smiles that that we we receive from these children, their families, their siblings, and and friends and beyond. So we we have an immense privilege to to serve and and we'll continue to do so as long as we can in in until we reach every child with, with a medical vulnerability. Well, as we come to the end of the time, uh, Lauren, Caitlin, thank you so much for joining me today. And as uh, Caitlin had mentioned, if you'd like to learn more about Pursuit for Peace, visit their website at pursuitforpeace.org. Delaware State of the Arts is a weekly podcast that presents interviews with arts organizations and leaders who contribute to the cultural vibrancy of communities throughout Delaware. Delaware State of the Arts is provided as a service of the Delaware Division of the Arts in partnership with News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. The Delaware Division of the Arts, a branch of the Delaware Department of State, is committed to supporting the arts and cultivating creativity to enhance the quality of life in Delaware.